This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Education Matters. I'm Katie Olmsted, part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association. We represent more than 120,000 K-12 teachers, education support professionals, and higher ed faculty members who work day in and day out to support Ohio's 1.7 million public school students. And every single one of them is impacted by gerrymandering. That's the practice of intentionally manipulating legislative district lines to favor one political party or class so politicians can choose their voters and not the other way around. Ohio is notorious for it. But this year, that could change. And Ohio's middle school and high school students, as well as OEA members, have a chance to show the people who are drawing Ohio's maps how it should be done. OEA has launched a contest called Design Ohio's Future, and we're giving everyone the chance to use a free community web tool called Districter to try their hand at redistricting. We're awarding prizes for maps that are most politically competitive, maps that have the fewest community splits, and, just for fun, maps that are most creative. Because who doesn't love drawing animal-shaped districts of equal population size, right? But the real question, of course, is why does any of this matter? To answer that, let's bring in Katie Shanahan, the Ohio State Director for All on the Line, a grassroots advocacy campaign that's part of a national effort to end gerrymandering. Katie, thank you so much for joining us. Let's start with one of the more simple aspects of this, and that's why now? What makes this year special in terms of our chance to fix Ohio's maps? This year is a redistricting year, which happens once every decade after we conduct a decennial census, which is a count of every single person who lives in this country. And after we've conducted that major headcount of everybody who lives here, we have to redraw the boundaries of our state legislative and congressional districts, and not just those districts, also districts at a municipal level, so city councils, county councils, Um, Sometimes water districts, other local level districts have to redraw to account for how populations have shifted or changed across the last decade and to make sure, especially for our state legislative and congressional districts, that each of those districts are about equally populated as possible because it's important that we are all proportionally and equally represented in those districts. Um, And we do that by ensuring that those districts have about as many people as the next one. And that is upholding a principle called one person, one vote. So in order to do that, we have to first know where everybody lives and how many people live in our state. That's what we get from the census. And then we have to redraw those lines. And that's what happens this year in 2021. We do know, though, there are some snafus with the census data. What's going on with that? And what does that mean for the deadlines? Yeah, there are some um, hiccups with the census that are due to the pandemic. A lot of the census operations weren't able to start until many months after they normally would have because it wasn't safe to send out census staffers to go out and actually knock on doors and follow up with communities to make sure that they filled out their census forms. And so all of that 
sort of pushed the timeline back and we are getting our data from the US Census Bureau that will help us determine not only how many US House of Representative seats we will get in Ohio, but also in getting the data that we actually use as the bulk of information for how we redraw those districts. So unfortunately, we're not going to get that data until about four or six months later than we normally would have. And that presents some challenges to Ohio because in 2015 and in 2018, we passed two redistricting reform measures that included in them mandates that are now in the Ohio Constitution for when our final maps are due. And unfortunately, we're going to get our data after the deadlines for our state legislative maps and right on top of the first deadline for our congressional maps. So there's a little bit of a challenge there in trying to determine how to sort of respond to that. There are a couple of different options, Um, but regardless, um, no matter when we get our census data or how we sort of respond to that census delay in terms of what our timeline looks like for when we draw maps, there's actually a lot of really important work that can and should be done right now to help set up for that process. And we're working to advocate to our legislators and to the redistricting commission members um, to get that process started so that we are ready to go as soon as we get our census data. And why is it all important? Why is the accuracy of the data something that we care about? And bottom line, what's on the line when these legislative maps are redrawn? Great questions. So the census data is used for a couple of really important reasons. Um, The first reason, obviously, is redistricting, but I'll pin that for a second and go to the second reason why the census data is so important. And that is that we use census data for so many things, uh, especially to help decide how to spend more than $1 trillion in federal funding for programs that go to everything that you can think of. It goes to emergency services. It goes to infrastructure. So where we're building roads and bridges, it goes to help fund healthcare programs like Medicare and Medicaid and to help establish hospitals or community health centers. It also goes to our schools and to school programs like um, free and reduced lunch programs or Head Start programs. All of those things get funded through federal aid programs and the amount of money that comes into the states all depends on census data. So ensuring that that data is accurate is essential to making sure that our communities are not only getting the resources that they need in terms of being represented when funding decisions are being made on our behalf, but also that we get the political power that we deserve, which is why redistricting is so important. If we are missing people in that count, it's not like they don't exist. It's just that they're not a part of the conversation when we're talking about the money and political power that's at stake. So the accuracy of the data is so crucial because it it means the difference between whether or not our communities are getting the resources that we need to thrive uh, and the political power that we deserve. And unfortunately, a lot of communities have seen their political voice absolutely silenced by our current system. Right. Ohio has a big problem with gerrymandering, and that's what this redistricting is supposed to prevent. What is that? Why is it a problem? Yeah. Gerrymandering is a form of cheating during the redistricting process, to just put it plainly. So I talked about redistricting as simply the process of redrawing district boundaries to account for how population has changed 
throughout the last decade. Gerrymandering happens when you manipulate where you're drawing those district boundaries to help one political party or group at the cost, direct cost of another political party or group. So here in Ohio, we are unfortunately home to some of the most gerrymandered districts in the country. And that's true for both our state legislative and congressional maps. And like you just said, that means that for the last decade, Ohioans have been denied any real form of adequate political representation at our state house and in the delegation who we send to the U.S. House of Representatives, because there's a huge disconnect between how we actually vote as Ohioans and who actually gets elected. There's a huge skew between um, our the vote share that Democratic and Republican candidates capture, which is a, a split almost down the middle 50-50. And yet that's not what the makeup of our legislative bodies looks like, right? The Republicans have super majorities in both state legislative chambers. They have 75% of our congressional delegation, even though they're only picking up across the decade about 55% of the vote. So you see this huge disconnect between uh, how we actually behave at the ballot box and who gets elected. And that has huge ramifications, not just on election day, but also in terms of what issues either do or don't get addressed when those people get into office. Uh, and certainly education and school policies are right up at the top of the list in terms of what's impacted by those gerrymandered districts. So there is 10 years worth of political representation on the line and any issue that you can think of, no matter what issue sort of keeps you up at night, I guarantee that it's impacted by gerrymandering, mostly in a negative way. And there are so many issues here in Ohio that we're not able to make progress on, not because there isn't public support to make progress on those issues, but because our elected officials don't actually represent us and they don't need to because our politicians back in 2011 cheated during the redistricting process to gerrymander or manipulate our district lines to give them much more electoral victories than they're actually winning in votes at the ballot box. And that setup is big red flag. That's a broken political system that we are trying to fix this year during the redistricting process. You opened my eyes to one of the problems that comes with this, and I hadn't thought about it, it, it makes our politics more extreme in Ohio because yes. the only thing that matters is the primary. Can you explain that again? Sure. So our maps in Ohio, it's not just that there's a huge partisan skew to our maps. It's also that our districts are drawn so that they're almost entirely non-competitive in the general election. And that just means that we know way before election day, which party's candidate is likely to win that district. So if you're looking at all 132 of our state legislative seats and combine that with the 16 congressional seats of all of those districts, there's a small handful of them that are actually competitive swing districts in the general election. So when you have a Democratic and Republican candidate, maybe some other third party candidates going up against each other. And so when you have such lack of competitiveness in your district, it means that for the most part, the only time our candidates who are running for office ever face competition is during their primaries among candidates of the same party. And so when you're thinking about who actually comes out to vote in the primary elections, voter turnout is much lower in primary elections than it is in the general election. And the folks who come out in primary elections are the base of your base. 
for both Democrats and Republicans. And so it doesn't matter which party you belong to. The base of your base is just not representative of the electorate as a whole. But if that's the only time that you actually see any sort of weeding out of candidates, it means that the people who actually show up at primaries are who actually decides ultimately who wins those seats in the general election. And so you get on both sides, people who are further and further away from actually representing the entirety of the electorate uh, who are getting through those primaries. And so you get this over-exaggeration of the most extreme views in our legislature, not because it's actually representative of how the electorate feels, but because the only competition that existed was the primary. And you're dealing with a much smaller voter turnout um, number, but also a very different representation of the electorate. And of course, that's one of the driving forces behind OEA's contest categories. We have that most politically balanced category. We'll have a middle school winner, a high school winner, and a member winner because it's so important that our maps become politically balanced. We're also asking people to make maps that have the fewest community splits. Yeah. Why is that something that's important? So this actually sort of continues the theme about what I was talking about before with why it's so important to make sure that our census count is complete. At the heart of this issue is representation. And the only way that you can sort of wield power as a community is by being together, right? Surely folks at OEA understand that. The way that you all are so um, much more powerful in working together is that you've come together as a union, right? To come together as one giant community to push for the needs of your students and your schools and your communities. Same thing is true for political power when we're talking about the redistricting process. Our communities, when they're cracked apart, are not as strong as when they are kept together. And unfortunately, our current maps are really good at unnecessarily cracking apart neighborhoods, cities, townships, counties. And the reason for that is to dilute the political power of those communities. It's the express reason why you're drawing districts that way, to crack them apart, because you specifically want them to have less power because you know that together they're more powerful and they could actually make a difference. So why it's so important to keep communities together is because we need to provide pathways to real representation for communities all across the state of Ohio. Now, the lucky thing for us, there are two lucky things for us. The first is that Ohio is a state that is full of small and medium-sized neighborhoods, cities, townships, and counties that all deserve and can be easily drawn in their entirety within districts. And that's true at both the congressional and state legislative level. Now at the state legislative level, you have to crack apart cities because they're, they're not big, a lot of cities in Ohio because they're too big to all fit into one district. Um, but even when you do that, you should be responsible in how you're splitting apart those places to make sure that you're not unnecessarily cracking apart communities who deserve to be included in their entirety within our districts. The second thing that is helpful this year is that in 2015 and in 2018, Ohioans overwhelmingly 
supported redistricting reform measures that have explicit rules about keeping communities together. And the reason for that is because it's so crucial to adequate political representation and quite frankly, restoring power back into the hands of the people where it belongs. If we can gather as communities and sort of harness that collective power, that's how we get real representation. That's how we can hold our elected officials accountable. And those are things that we can't do under our current map. So that you all have a specific uh, criteria for your contest winners to keep communities together is so important because it just further underscores why it's absolutely key in being able to restore political power back where it belongs. Now, I will say when we were starting as OEA to think about putting this contest together. I started playing with that free community mapping tool that we're using districtor and it's hard. It's not the, the format is not hard. It is really hard to keep everyone's interests in mind and to keep the big picture in mind. Um, this is not an easy thing to do. And I guess it surprised me. I, I've always just thought the people who were messing up the maps were these villains maybe they're just not very good at it because I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> well, I'll say two things. I don't think that those two things are mutually exclusive, right? I think that you could both have very bad intentions when you're drawing maps and also be bad at it. But um, I actually think, unfortunately, our map drawers in 2011 were both bad actors and also very good at drawing bad maps, right? So ah. um, they were very smart in how they drew the maps. It's not like they didn't know what the intended outcome was and our maps are performing exactly how they were meant to perform, right? Across the decade, Republicans have picked up 12 of our 16 congressional districts. That is a proportion that has been unchanged for 10 years, which is exactly how they drew the map, right? It's performing exactly how they wanted it to perform. And across the decade in the state legislative maps, Republicans have maintained their supermajorities in both chambers, even though they never won a supermajority of the vote share across the entire state in all state legislative seats. But that's because that's how they drew the map. They drew the map specifically for that purpose. So it is hard, all that to say, redistricting is hard. It is not an easy task. It's very difficult, um, but that is not necessarily, that doesn't necessarily mean that we should then just sink into what's easy, which is um, drawing maps with an intended purpose to skew electoral results or to diminish the political power of certain communities. So yes, it's hard work, but if it's harder to make sure that our communities are adequately represented, then that's what we should be doing, right? Um, so it's definitely challenging. Uh, it's why on that district or tool, I always say it's, it's much easier to at least start at the community level and then to branch out to go to those full district maps. Um, and the congressional maps maybe are a bit easier because they're bigger districts and there are fewer of them than the state legislative seats. Um, but it's absolutely, you know, there and there's a lot of interests to balance, right? You have to, there, there the lines have to go somewhere. So you've got to split something up, right? And who do you split up and which communities do you keep together? And there are all of these different, um, there are all of these different interests that you have to balance. Like, is the district compact? Does it need to be a, a, a nice round shape or is it okay that it looks a little funny? Well, if it looks a little funny, but it, it's actually representative of the community, then maybe that's okay. And are we protecting, especially communities of color to make sure that they're not further marginalized by being 
uh, racially gerrymandered or cut out from the political process, right? Um, so there's a lot of different interests. I'm, def- I'm not here to say that it is an easy task, um, but what I will say is that it's worth the hard work because what comes out of it is whether or not we have the ability to take charge of our democracy, which should be something that's run by the people and right now is not. Katie, thank you so much for all of your information and your perspective on this very important issue. You're welcome. Happy to do it. If you're an OEA member or you know an Ohio middle schooler or high schooler who would enjoy taking part in OEA's redistricting contest, you can find the full rules and entry form on the OEA website. The link is in the episode notes. If you have questions about the Design Ohio's Future Contest, email contest at ohea.org. If you have thoughts on the podcast, you can email educationmatters at ohea.org. And you can connect with OEA anytime on social media or at OhioEA on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, stay well. Stay well.